Welcome back to another episode of Creating Magic. I'm Danny, And I'm Paula. And today we are discussing Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. So, before we introduce our guest, prior to Paula's first viewing, we recorded her what she thought, what she knew, little blurb before we went into it. So we're going to insert that here. And Paula has no idea why we're recording. I don't know. Just in case we did not have time. Next week, you and I are going to go see the Fellowship of the Ring in concert. And I I just wanted to get your opinion because you have never seen Lord of the Rings. I have never seen Lord of the Rings. You have cosplayed as a hobbit more than once. Yes, more than once. I was like, wait, more than once? Yes, more than once. So I want to get your thoughts on what you're expecting to go into it and kind of what you know about Lord of the Rings before we go in. Because then afterwards, we are going to have Nicolette on, because she's also going to be at the concert, to discuss Fellowship of the Ring in concert and your first time experience. So what I know about Lord of the Rings is Elijah Wood, (laughs) Sean Astin, um, Second Breakfast, um, Hobbits. That's everything I know. I know nothing. I have never, like everything that I know, I know from a meme. <laughs> or you Big Bang. Like? The kids once. Um, Jude said we were like talking, and my nephew was like, said John Cena. And Jude was like, Oh, I know John Cena. And I was like, You know John Cena? He's like, Yeah, he's a meme. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the same thing. That's what I know about Lord of the Rings. I know because of like the second breakfast memes that that's like big bang theory, big bang theory. Yeah. Like everything that I've gotten is like, it's not like from movie or from the book. It's from something else. Well, you also like sat through the panel of Elijah Wood and Sean Astin during the writer's strike. So everything was like out of context. So they were for, they, they referred to, the filming as their very long vacation because they couldn't say anything about the film i yeah that's like that is the most information i've gotten about the film and it was indirect but i'm telling you right now that i will never experience another interview like that one like that I will never like it was the best thing I experienced the entire so good. <laughs> and I knew nothing about it. And I think because the interviewer of that one was Chris Rankin, so he would be like, While I was at school and you were on vacation, uh, and I think that made it even better because was- no one on stage could actually say anything because of SAG after so, strike. Because of the, yeah, because of the strikes. It was the best thing I've ever seen. I I don't think I'll ever see anything like that ever again. Like there's, it, it cannot be repeated. 
No, but you will finally get some content. Yeah, and I'm very excited. I'm still like, do I watch it before? I don't think like I without the concert. Because you know, I'm a big fan of like movies and concerts. So that's why I think this would be the perfect way for you to watch it because if it ends up being not your thing. Yeah, you're gonna watch it and then be like, "Oh, now I have to go to this concert of this movie I did not enjoy." Right. So I would rather like you go into it for the first time because then you could be like, "The music was great, didn't enjoy the movie, but I understand why people like." Am I gonna cry? Um, I don't think it's. I don't not in the first movie. Not in the first movie. No, I think you're okay. The real test. I mean, it is me. Yeah, but that, um, is, that is the real test. Um, the music is beautiful. Okay, uh, it has gorgeous music. Maddie actually likes Lord of the Rings music over Harry Potter music. Oh, that is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know anything about Lord of the Rings. Like nothing. I yeah, I'm excited that it's in concert. I'm yeah. just I I do have like a little bit of concern. Like, what about if I miss something? Because I'm you know. Oh, I love watching violin players. Um, <laughs> but I missed something because I'm paying attention to that. Because uh, I've never seen anything in concert that I've never seen before. Oh, yeah, true. So it'll be interesting to... I'm excited. I'm very excited. I'm excited, but also concerned. <laughs> so the next time we will be here, you'll, you will be hearing from us is after we have seen... The Fellowship of the Ring, live in concert at the Dr. Phillips Center. So, Paula, it is intermission. (laughs) What are your thoughts? I am very, very confused. Um, I was shocked that there was more than one ring. Um, What the hell is 111? (laughs) Um, 111. spent the last hour and a half thinking about that. <laughs> this is 111th birthday. <laughs> um, but it's not boring. So I'll give it that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I'm interested. So Okay, so, and so people know for reference, the intermission happened right after the fellowship was formed. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> So today we have with us Nicolette. Hello, hello. Nicolette, why don't you introduce yourself a little, just who you are, where we can find you on socials, and kind of Your what fandoms. fandoms you enjoy. Sure. Uh, my name is Nicolette. I am on Instagram at whimsically Nicolette. Live here in Orlando, Florida, right by Disney World and Universal. So I'm that kind of nerd. I am a theme park goer as well as just an avid fantasy lover. So my first and all-time favorite fandom would be Lord of the Rings, of course. Also love Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, Twilight, Hunger Games, basically every millennial, you know, fandom. You're also <laughs> a big Studio Ghibli, right? Yeah, I love Studio Ghibli as well. I also really love Coraline. I'm big into animation. So, oh, and recently Attack on Titan. Nice. I haven't watched that one yet. Yes, but first and foremost, I'm a hobbit. We are all hobbits. Even me. 
I was going to say, how about you now, Paula? I'm a hobbit. Well, here's the thing is, though, Paula cosplayed as a hobbit multiple times before ever seeing the movie. This is true. Who dragged you into that? I went to uh, a hobbit Hobbit picnic picnic, uh, that Andy had, like, put together. And um, so we did that. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I went on YouTube (laughs) and looked up Hobbit core. I feel like Um, Hobbit core is the easiest thing in the world to be a part of. It really is. Well, then we um, convinced a bunch of our friends. And by convinced, I mean, I don't think Paula was in on this train. We're just like, hey, by the way, we're going to have a Hobbit day at LeakyCon. Oh, I remember that. So I was surprised how many people we got to join us. Yeah, I do remember that, actually. You guys had a, basically the whole Shire there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, We even had the door. We even Katie had cosplayed the door. the door from the Shire. Oh, my gosh. That's great. <laughs> and got Elijah Wood to jump on her back for a picture. That is epic. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm a little jealous. Yeah, I'll admit that. So we all, it's been about two weeks now. I don't know. I can't remember time at this point. Went to, so the Dr. Phillips Center, um, in partnership with the um, Experience Kissimmee, brought the Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring in concert. And so that was Paula's first experience watching it was with the live orchestra Mm. and choir. Yeah, the choir was so cool. I think that was like my favorite part was the choir. So where you guys were sitting, you had a uh, like head-on view of the choir, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And like, what's neat about the choir, for at least for fellowship, most of it is not words. No. Mm-hmm. It's like, if it's words, it's an elven, so you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was like more like tones and I don't know how else to describe it. To me, it doesn't sound human. Like it, no. it sounds otherworldly. It sounds like almost alien the way mm-hmm. they sing in the Elvish language in general. So um, I think they did a fantastic job, though. I obviously have seen that movie a million times, but something about that specific experience felt almost like watching it for the first time all over again. It was a really awesome way to put a fresh take on something that yeah. we're so familiar with. I definitely cried. Did you guys cry? Oh yeah, I cried. <laughs> the when the choir was cried, like so. singing during the like battle scenes when they had those like mm-hmm. really deep like tenor and like bass. Oh, I was done. I was like, oh my god. No, my favorite is when I don't know. I still don't know all the characters' names, okay. but when the elf chick gets on the horse and takes Arwen. Oh, Arwen. Arwen. <laughs> That's like my, of the whole movie, that was like my favorite musical piece because of the choir. Mm. Like, also that scene's pretty cool where she was like. We're just trying to say Frodo. If you want him, I'm going to blame him. I, so I think part of it was a children's choir too. There was two choirs there, like an adult choir and maybe a high school or middle school choir. Because I noticed they would switch out the singers too yeah. to like one yeah. was an adult and one was maybe a teenager. Both incredible. But I thought that was really cool. I didn't know they had, you know, like adolescent different. choirs there. They were amazing. I thought they were just professional level. 
the um dr phillips center actually when uh paula and i went and saw harry potter there was a family next to us or behind us and their kids are actually part of like the kids theater program at the dr phillips center yeah that's so cool i didn't know i didn't actually know that i didn't realize till after when i was watching it like, are those kids i was like wow they can sing <laughs> like, that's really good so good i loved seeing it that way Paula, you've now watched it without a live choir. Yes. How do you feel like about that experience compared to seeing it with the orchestra? I mean, the orchestra, I think just like in the Harry Potter ones, it just, you know, it just makes the experience more. I don't know. You feel more, you know, you think it would have been better for you to watch it as the movie before watching it with the orchestra. Yes. Okay. I had but a lot of debate with people because, about the situation. Yeah. Only because like my favorite part of these like in concert experiences is that I love the orchestra. So, so it was a little bit hard to pay attention to the movie and the orchestra when you haven't seen it before. Right. So I'm like, I want to know what's going on, but I also want to watch the orchestra. So mm-hmm. For me personally, I would rather watch it before. Um, but you know, maybe people can pay attention to two things at once, and that's great. <laughs> so, what you're saying is you have to watch the two towers before it comes back to the Dr. Phillips I, Center. I in do August. have to watch it before that, <laughs> and to I me, will. It was I will. such a fan experience, yes. Like, I don't think that's something you go into blind. That was clearly such a fan like for the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could tell by the buildup between certain scenes that everybody knew there was a joke coming. People knew there was like a meme, a popular meme the that memes. was circulating coming. People prepped for it and they all died laughing. So I think that w- theater was just full of fans. It, it was right. a great like, audience. Like for me, this time, I, I, I didn't have the same thing like I do with the Harry Potter ones because I know what's right. coming up. So I wasn't in on the joke, you know? <laughs> I caught on afterwards, like, oh, that's the meme. Or, you know, the in meme. the Orlando Bloom situation. Is that with Tyler? Until the end of the movie. I didn't know Orlando Bloom was in this. I, the <laughs> minute I saw it, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> a mess. I loved it. I loved it. I also enjoyed your, um, when what's his face dies you're like i see him die in another series i don't cry then he dies in everything (laughs) poor guy poor guy but he's so practiced at dying so and i was still kind of mad because he you know i know it's not his fault that he was trying to get the ring but i was still it happened too soon so i was still like angry i don't think he deserved to die but i was still (laughs) There was a little bit of detachment there because I was still angry about that. That's that's fair. That's fair. I never really liked Boromir's character as a kid. I don't think it was until I read the books that I even felt sympathetic. I was just kind of like, mm, I think no. he's a hard character to like, especially as a kid. Right, yeah. You don't fully understand the scope of the power of the ring. So yeah. you immediately are like, oh, he's... And he's kind of set up from the beginning intent. as like a bad guy who's a part of the fellowship. So you're just like, exactly. you just automatically be like, well, I'm not supposed to like him. Well, that's what I love about that series too, is they, 
immediately introduce you to how flawed men are from the get-go. Because you have all these different species of people in Middle Earth, and then you have men, and the whole idea of the movie, the franchise is men. Are they worth saving? Is it worth fighting for? Because at the end of the day, these evil forces will always try to bounce back. Yeah. And so to introduce Boromir immediately and show you that his first thought is give it to Gondor. You know, the greed from the get-go really drives that into your mind. Because you don't, that's that's your first impact of him. Like, you don't know anything else about him, but you're like, this dude already wants the ring for himself. Right. He already doesn't even have a fellowship yet, and he wants the ring. Exactly. And And then then this is Aragon, like, we don't have a king. So. No, I know. And you know how we all feel about our, our favorite. That's everyone's favorite, Aragorn. I think a lot of people's favorite. Easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how can you not? I know Tolkien describes the hero of the franchise as not Frodo or Aragorn, but Sam. Sam. So that's the fan favorite, but I think everybody loves Aragorn, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Well, he's also very nice to look at. (laughs) Did you know, originally, they had a completely different actor cast. Mm -hmm. It was um, Stuart Townsend. Hmm. And then mm-hmm. as they were prepping, they realized they felt he'd look too young. Uh, and they recast Viggo Mortensen as him, but it will in like very last minute too. So it almost wasn't him. So while we are speaking about our heroes, one of the questions we had submitted was who, and Nicolette, I want you to answer these questions too, even though you are very well in with the okay. series. Who was your favorite <laughs> character and why was it Samwise? Now you can disagree with it being Samwise, but that is how it was worded. Oh, you're going to ask me first? He's a Hufflepuff, obviously. I mean, Aragorn is my favorite character, I would say. Um, I think that it's self-explanatory. Like, he's just so cool. He's so good. He's so, you know... I think one thing I love people point out about the Lord of the Rings franchise is just the pure forms of gentle masculinity within there and the relationships between the men. It was the first thing I ever saw where men interacted in such a delicate and like loving way. It didn't feel there was no there was nothing in there that was toxic masculinity. It just felt right. Like you hug your guy friends, you kiss your guy friends, you love them like family. And I think Aragorn leads that. And drives it home. And I mean, obviously he's gorgeous to look at. But he's also just so worthy of being a king. He's my favorite. But, you know, justice for Sam. Because <laughs> Sam Sam is the goat. We'll call Sam the goat of the series. We love Sam. What about you, Danny? I, and this is from when I, I will go with the character that I loved as a kid also. I love Legolas. I... Mm-hmm. I love an elf. <laughs> I love an um, elf. When I remember seeing this with my group of friends um, when it came out in theaters, and I had already read the books at that point, and my friend looked over to me and he just looked, goes, you know, Danny, if you ever fought in a war, you would use a bow and arrow and be an elf. I'm like, eh, that's true. That tracks. I can see that. I can see that for sure. I'm like, that tracks. But like, I love the hobbits, but I really do love Legolas. And like, the elven and you learn more about the elves in the books over the movies mm-hmm. but 
I just that makes sense for you. I feel like to me, when I think of the elves, not only do I think of regality, but also just there is such a sense of discipline to their personalities. Mm-hmm. Everything feels so held back in a way that's like quiet and contemplative. And that's exactly how you are. You know, when you think of Legolas standing and being the one on watch and noticing like all the little details while everybody else is kind of doing their own thing, like that's where you'd be. Yeah. You probably. And like, I like his like woodland elf vibe over the like Galadriel vibe. Like there's a very different vibe in those elven communities. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, Paula? No, I'm going to go with Samwise. <laughs> he's, he's like the one that made me cry. He made me feel things like that. at the be- Even at the beginning when he's like, I was dropping no eaves, sir. Like that whole, I was like, why are you so cute? Like, He's adorable. We love Samwise. But speaking of your favorite character, Nicolette, today when I watched it, I cried when Aragorn got down on his knee, like, and closed his hand. And I was like, for me, it was such a, like, like a paternal moment, like, Mm -hmm. that I was like, I should have posted a video myself and crying, like... (laughs) And he just, he understood that Frodo just had to do this on his own with Sam. Yeah. yeah. And Jude and Jude was like, are you crying? And I was like, leave me alone. He was like, what are you watching? And I was like, Lord of the Rings. He's like, I don't know why you're crying. <laughs> yeah. You'll cry for the other ones too, for sure. Yeah. If you cried at Fellowship, you'll definitely cry. Oh, the last one, especially. There's a very specific speech that Samwise gives, and I think it'll do you. Uh, well. Oh my gosh. That's in the second one. Yeah. Two Towers. In my head, I couldn't remember if it was like the first or the second. I'm like, that one will get Paula. That one gets yeah. me. Yeah. There's a lot of good quotes in this series. A lot of, it's like, I was thinking as we finished it, how quotable that movie is. My tomatoes burst. <laughs> I never caught that one before. We all like realized it because of the subtitles, but it's such a great line. It makes me laugh all the time now. Pippin's like, ah, nice. Ash in my tomatoes. <laughs> Pippin's a menace, bro. I can't. Pippin and Mary specifically are very like fun quotable. Yeah, I think Pippin might be one of the most quotable characters. He's just such a a menace, such an idiot, but like a lovable idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I love them. They're like um, they're they're like the Weasley twins. Like if you like compare them, you're like it's Fred and George's hobbits. I was talking to Jimmy in the car ride home. My husband's name is Jimmy, by the way. Um, and we were talking about how the four hobbits could be sorted into the four Hogwarts houses. Have you guys ever thought about that? There's actually our good friend Madi wrote. Which Hogwarts house do the fellowship members belong in? Ooh, okay. Good timing, good timing. (laughs) I would love to know your thoughts because I've kind of sorted them in my head, but I haven't come to a concrete decision. Samwise is Hufflepuff. 100%. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Do you disagree with that? No, I don't disagree with that. Um, I think that all of them could fall into multiple, but I think the strongest trait for Sam is loyalty, which would make sense. Yeah. 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 And I was thinking he almost drowned. Like <laughs> loyalty and gardening. And gardening. Yeah. And potatoes. 
The Dude, only thing that gets me is bravery. Like he's so brave. brave. Yeah, he is, but like he doesn't vibe Gryffindor. So on this conversation, I had this conversation with some because the hobbits in general come off very Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. And so we had this like huge conversation on if you are like how like Frodo is a hobbit so could like classify as a Hufflepuff just because of the type of character that a hobbit is characterized or are because he was he did not choose to go on this journey Mm -hmm. which like a Gryffindor may choose to be the brave and like do it so like is he a Gryffindor because he goes on this journey and this adventure but he's really not craving adventure at the same time so it's like this weird, like, yeah. I I would say Gryffindor only because of chivalry. Mm-hmm. Like I, when you're thinking back to that council scene in Rivendell, where they're all figuring out who's going to be the one to take the ring. I think Frodo understands that it has to be him. It has to be. It's such a big sacrifice and no one else is, is capable. And so he steps up and takes that he's brave enough. Yeah. And just makes that decision for himself, even though he knows it probably will not, might not end well. And then when you think to the end of the film, that decision to go alone, because he knows that there's so many people in the fellowship that the ring can influence and possibly sidetrack their journey as well. Like Mm -hmm. it's so brave. And he puts that above everything else. Yeah. Which is like honorable to me, which is, it definitely gives me, even though he doesn't have a very leadership vibe, that to me stands out as a choice a leader. But it's would also be. like a quiet leadership. Like right. in a way, he like his leadership style is just not what the norm of leadership would be. But him choosing to go on his own to essentially protect the fellowship mm-hmm. is a form of leadership. So I I do see that parallel there, and it's too early without talking about the other two movies to really. Yeah. Say why I would put Mary and Ravenclaw, but I would put Mary and Ravenclaw. Yeah, we'll 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 come we'll come back after our we'll come back to that. But I would put Mary and Ravenclaw and Pippin, even though is like straight Hufflepuff, could also be Slytherin, Mm -hmm. I think. He stole I mean they steal farmer maggots crops. You see that. Yeah. And there's like a curiosity there where you're like, calm down. Yeah. Take a step. I could see. It. I could also see like the species kind of being sorted as houses as a generalization too. The what? Like the elves, the dwarves, oh, the no, hobbits. That's what yeah. I didn't know it's like the right term to say there. It's race. Race. Well, we have another question that's used species, and in my head, I kept trying to figure out what word to use. Um. If you were in Lord of the Rings, which race would you be? Oh, I'd be a hobbit. Hobbit. But not the kind that goes on an adventure. (laughs) You're the one judging everyone going on an adventure? Yes. I'll be at home. I think I'd be a hobbit. I'd want to be an elf. But being realistic, I just don't think I have what it takes. (laughs) I'll I'll be honest. Like like, so, like regal and like put together and like see just... that part I don't have right like I put together. Never... There's an ancient wisdom 
that I just don't have a drop of, you know? <laughs> so. I'd want to be an elf. I'd kind of be a hobbit. I'd 100% be a hobbit. There's no, I have zero doubt. No, in for sure. Shape. After actually visiting the real life Shire, I I could live there forever. I could yeah. Even doing the Airbnb version of the Shire, I could live there. Live there. I'm already like, when are we going to have a Hobbit weekend, y'all? Yes. There's, a, there's a direct flight out of Florida. Let's go. Yeah, I'm down <laughs> because sounds good to me. Drinking all day, eating all day, no shoes, parties, uh, fireworks. I, I'm very much pro Hobbits love charcuterie boards. Very versatile. Because to go on that entire trek with no shoes... Hobbits have tough feet. It's like, like, oh my god, these people are just like <laughs> walking everywhere with no shoes on. They're almost like hooves. They like they talk about in the books, like they have very tough feet. Yeah, because they're always barefoot. <laughs> so am I. And outside. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> yeah, me too. But at home, not in the streets. Real smell. No comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> well. It's okay if you're barefooted. If the street was clean, I would probably be barefoot in the streets. Because I do hate shoes. But. I hate shoes. I mean, if I could be a hobbit for the fact that I would never have to wear shoes again, sign me up. <laughs> I think they have the best fashion, too. Like, to be superficial for a cozy. minute. Like, it's comfortable ho- and cozy. Yeah. Hobbit outfits are giving. Like, you're just cozy and cute. And you have to wear a cape. <laughs> I want so. that. I'm sorry. I love the Elvish outfits. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gl- getting glammed up like that every day. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not. And then, what, humans are boring. Like, I don't want to... No. I'm already a human. No thanks. And you only, you really only see, like, not the best part of humans in these series. I'm like... Mm. Exactly. Um, I am excited for Paula to see Gimli and, like, Loss's relationship. Oh, it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's so, so enjoyable. It's they're like just friendly, comp- competitive, and it's the best. Did you get that already from the first one? The elf dwarf feud. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no one tosses an, uh, a dwarf. The last question I have: These people are just telling you how, what your answer should be. By the way, okay. What is your favorite vegetable and why is it potato? <laughs> oh potatoes my are super versatile. Listen, french fries, hash browns, mashed potatoes, scallop potato. I could like forest gump potatoes. What's your I'm favorite version of a potato? Oh, I love french fries. I love sweet potato Forever. fries. I was going to say, I actually like healthy. sweet potatoes the best. I don't like them when they're like all sweet and sugaried up. Like people do at Thanksgiving with the marshmallows and stuff. But I love a sweet potato. Oh, like uh, you know, a sweet potato casserole or a sweet potato fry. I don't discriminate. I don't discriminate as long as it doesn't have the sweet stuff in it. I am happy. I've never met a potato I don't enjoy. Valid. No, no, I like all the potatoes, but I do prefer, uh, you know, a Yukon Gold over a sweet potato. But I'll eat a sweet potato. Yeah, maybe a Gold. I also like a red cut fry. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of like a crinkle cut fry. 
you know, <laughs> like I don't like super doughy French fries. I like the crispier ones. Yeah. Crispy, like a shoestring, like a potato wedge isn't really my game, but I still like it. Yeah. Yeah. I won't say no to it if it's the option, but I do enjoy a curly fry. Mm-hmm. Love a hash brown. Seasoned curly fry. Tater tots. We could have a podcast about potatoes. We literally could have a whole episode about potatoes. I think you guys need to change it now. <laughs> I'm just going to call it no, potatoes. The title needs to be potatoes. 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 <laughs> Boil them, mash them, put them in a I can't wait for you to see the second movie, Paula. Wow. <laughs> We'd have to, like, plan to watch it. it. Took me all day to finish that today. They're long. I know. Well, you I know, didn't watch the extended version. I watched, yeah, the regular. When I saw some friends after that weekend at Universal, they were surprised I didn't dress up or anything, really. I just had a Lord of the Rings themed dress, a little shawl, and some jewelry. They asked me why I didn't dress up, and I said, you guys know how long these movies are? <laughs> I said, you're body to body with a stranger. <laughs> I was so freaking hot. It was I have so a, hot. <laughs> I have a hobbit dress, and I'm like, oh, I co-, I'm like, oh, I'm not wearing a car- corset sitting in a theater watching that movie. <laughs> that was and like, there, it's, no, it's not like it's uh, you I know, AMC theaters with the reclining chairs and the nice seats. Like that's a old school style theater with them rickety things. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was like, I I'm just like, I need to breathe for three hours. I had my skirt like up. Like with my legs exposed because I was sweating. Yeah, I mean it was a gorgeous theater, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I didn't dress up super fancy. I was hoping more people would have dressed up or themed. Mm-hmm. There were there were a few, but it wasn't. A, I I think because of going to the Harry Potter ones, I'm so used to it being like so many people all dressed up that when we first, like when we initially got there, we we're like we're the only ones dressed up. I saw some people where I was have the crowns on and some people had you know, elves Once we here. got inside, we started seeing people. But when we like were walking up, we we're like, there is nobody else here. When we were leaving, we saw the girl with the uh, with the Crocs. Oh, like, the with the yeah. I was like, this is really cool. I do like that. That is it's a very smart choice. May need to do that for my future. Hobbit. My they plan this year is to finish my Hobbit cosplay. They sell actual house slippers that look like Hobbit feet. Hobbit feet, yeah. Yeah. They have, I've like, seen them, but they're kind of bulky, and I feel like I would end up tripping myself, or tripping. my feet would get really hot in them because they're those thick slippers that, like, transforming a croc sounds a little more comfortable. I would think to do, like, a sand, like a regular sandal. Yeah, I wore Hannah put, <laughs> Hannah made hers, and they were, like, the slippers, but she, like, put her flats inside of them. Yeah, she glued some flats inside, which is pretty smart because... Yeah. And they held up because she walked around in them. Yeah, she did all LeakyCon, and that wasn't her first time cosplaying like that. She had a regular Hobbit cosplay. Yeah, like a pair of ballet flats glued inside, like, the rubbery foot thing, and she walked around with it all day. She even glued some hair to the toes that matched the the wig. The wig. Yeah, that's what I've seen people do. Take, like, a sandal with a strap across, and then just glue, like, you know fake hair there and it looks kind of yeah hmm, somewhat accurate hmm. i need to finish this hobbit cosplay <laughs> oh man who knows 
when the next time well i guess we have till august because that's when the second one is going to be at the dr phillips center again yeah and like if people want to go see it like the address is um lotr and concert.com there are it's not as prevalent as some of the other movie concerts, but they are starting. Any kind of, they Radio City Music Hall does them. That would be amazing to see for one. I saw that one. That one actually, I think, just passed. No, or is this month? It's it's. I've I've seen the ads this past week, so I think it's like coming up within a week or two. Yeah, because when I went, somebody messaged me and was like, "This looks so cool. I'm going to Radio uh, City Music Hall to see it there." That's so cool. I was like, "That's epic. That's mm-hmm. really cool." That's like a bucket list. Yeah, that would be amazing. My bucket list is to get to New Zealand. Ah, yes. (laughs) Ah, yes. On my bucket list would be to go back. (laughs) That would be it. Would you go back? Like, you would plan to, like, go back and do the same things you um, did, or you would go back to do different stuff? I would do almost a similar itinerary. Because, well, first of all, they opened uh, a hobbit hole inside of Hobbiton that you actually can go inside. Like, it's fully so decorated. It was not open? You couldn't go inside of a hobbit hole. So you saw all the exteriors. And there was one where they let you inside the very openings. So you could take a picture. But there wasn't any set dressing in there. Okay. Like, it was just a bare one. Well, so this one, they've actually built like tables and chairs and it's all decorated in the inside so that would be cool to see you have to go back that's it i know i've got to go back um i feel like even though and i went twice when i went i did the regular experience with like a a catered lunch and then i did the experience with an evening banquet inside the green dragon which was life-changing so, yeah, but I'm, I don't feel like the itch will ever be fully scratched to stop exploring that. And I never went to the South Island of New Zealand to do everything there. So I'd like to go back. I want to go for a first time. And then while I'm there, I will then hop over to Australia and go back to Australia. That's a good plan. Yeah. Already right there. Australia is my bucket list. So, I have a but I want to go when it's that crab season that little, little crabs are you crawling. Would. You would. I'm so scared. They have so many crazy bugs there, no? They do. Yeah. And but... not just bugs. Anything on in Australia wants to eat you. Yeah. Like, except maybe a wait. koala bear. Everything else. Wow. Like, way, to, way to sell it, Danny. My, I have a good friend who lives in Australia and he would be like, come visit me and then send me like a photo of something that could kill me. <laughs> and I was just like, I thought you wanted me to come visit you, but now you're sending me pictures of spiders bigger than your head. Like, no, I'm good. Yeah, like those I'm huntsman good. spiders. The man <laughs> the manhunter spiders, yeah. See, New Zealand exists on pretty much volcanic land. So there's no natural wildlife there. Everything that's there was brought over. Um, so we really didn't see anything like bugs, yeah. only the animals that people I brought over. I want to do the bio, bioluminescent caves in New Zealand. Oh, I know what that's called. We almost did that too with the glow worms. Yeah, yeah. It oh, looks cool. Yeah. I just didn't do it because you can't film or take photos because you'll ruin their bioluminescence, you know. Oh. Um, 
and it was kind of far from where we were and it's a little pricey so I was like ah maybe it's like a kayak tour so you have to like go in the water at night yeah 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 if we go, go back, in the water at it. night well, in a kayak but yes absolutely <laughs> you know one thing I loved about New Zealand so in the United States, you'll see signs for moose crossing or deer crossing. They have signs for kiwi bird crossing. Oh, I love kiwi yeah. birds. Me too. Me too. Bless you, real one. See, we only saw, they're nocturnal. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we only I saw one. baby of a kiwi bird. They're really cute. I think they're like the doofiest, cutest looking bird ever. Agreed. They look like yeah. a pear with a beak. Like they're shaped like a pear. Yeah, they're like perfectly round with little penguin kind heads, but they have long beaks, like really long curved beaks. They're so strange. Look up a kiwi bird if you're ever bored. They're actually one of the weirdest animals. <laughs> we went to a museum in New Zealand and watched a whole exhibit about them, and they are so strange, but they're so cute. I love them. I also want to go to the island on Australia to see all the quackas. Quackas? Oh quackas. I want to see a capybara. <laughs> oh, I love Have you ever heard that audio? That's like yeah. capybara. <laughs> capybara. Why does capybara? Australia and New Zealand have the best names for animals? <laughs> I don't know. We also have the platypus. Yeah. Harry, Harry the platypus. We're so off topic from Lord of the Rings. It's yeah. Like, anyway. <laughs> can we talk All about right. the, the riddle to get into that? Speak mind friend. Place? I would have never figured that out. I was watching that scene again today and I was thinking, poor Gandalf. He's sitting there like just trying. You could just tell he's like over it. It <laughs> doesn't. He seems so stressed, right? Yeah. He's like. You could, and then you know, just like the you know the subtitles, you can, you can hear you. They show like the little mumbles, like you hear mm-hmm. him in the background, like oh, speak friend. Like he's like, like still trying to figure it out. And even though it doesn't say how much time has passed, you feel like you know they're passed. all like laying on the ground for the bit. Yeah. Time has passed About, until like, that like, creature comes out the water. Elvish, yeah. Well, and like. It is well, like from the books and even the Hobbit movies, um, Bilbo is a big fan of riddles. So it makes sense for Frodo to have figured it out. But you kind of miss that in the movies. But like, it's how like Bilbo ends up with the ring because of riddles with um, Gollum. So just one of those things that like you find out that like Bilbo just loved riddles. I know. I love that scene in The Hobbit. Maybe you'll get to the Hobbit movies after you finish these ones, Paula. So is that like a like prequels or? It, yeah, it's Bilbo's yes. journey to how he comes to have the ring. Okay. It's funny if you watch the Hobbit and then go back and watch Fellowship, you'll pick up so much of the dialogue where he's talking about his journey in the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. When he's telling that story at the campfire to all the little kids. Yeah. That's directly from the Hobbit. It is. And then in the scene you're at the scene where the trolls are stoned yeah they never mention it but you're literally at the scene of the story he was telling mm-hmm. about the trolls turning into stone interesting so, bringing they, along they made these movies after 
The Hobbit was made after. Okay. But the, the books were already out. Yeah. Yeah, the books are ages old. Yeah, so it's really good foreshadowing <laughs> in a way. Yeah. So should I watch it first? No. No. <laughs> No, I'll be honest with you. Like, I like the Hobbit movies. I'll watch them. But they're the Lord of the Rings films are just eons better. The This is my... Let me get on my little soapbox here. The <laughs> problem with the Hobbit movies is that... So, they made them after the Lord of the Rings movies. But they wanted to make the Hobbit like Lord of the Rings. The mm-hmm. problem there is the book The Hobbit is not an epic adventure like lord of the rings the book the hobbit is like a children's fairy tale so the movies that were created also add stories from like appendixes and other stories but it takes away the heart of what the hobbit story actually was because they're trying to make it this big epic adventure in three parts and that's not what the original story was meant to be yeah the hobbit's only one book it's broken into three, three movies. Three movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they're basically just trying to duplicate the success of the first franchise. Yeah. And I don't blame them because the first franchise was either. so just, successful. It just wasn't what they, I don't think, the outcome that they wanted. No. And, like, I can understand when someone takes a book and turns it into a movie and they still capture the heart of the book. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that with The Hobbit. Like, the heart of the book was not in the movies. Of what? Do you think that most people that have seen the movies have already read the books? No, because not the the Lord of the Rings books are very world building, and unless you're really a reader, they they are difficult to read. I would say maybe like forty percent of people who've seen the movie just have read the books. Probably. But those okay. people who have read the books are like diehard Tolkien fans, like yeah. know way more than I know, way more than yes. like they, you know, teach college courses in some countries on. And, yeah, and I feel oh, like sure. there may be more now that um, Andy Serkis, who does the voice of Gollum, mm-hmm. has now done the audiobooks of the Lord of the Rings, and I think some people like that would has drawn people into listening to them. That's how I have done it. So I read the series when I was like 16, maybe. And then I read them again during the pandemic. So I've only read them twice. And then I did audiobook. They are very dense and full of songs. <laughs> so um, full of you don't songs? get that. Yeah. The you don't love get to that sing. The they, they love like little ditties. There's always like a moment where someone's singing or when they're telling you a story of something that's happened in another you know age like two pages of song lyrics it's, it's a lot of singing what yeah it's a lot and so to be a reader and read through that you're like what in the heck if you know you're brand new yeah. to it oh here goes is you are you whipping out a book danny <laughs> i have the whole set right here yeah. i'm prepared are they big books what are they big books like um like are they long ish okay. not they're not like Akatar long, oh. but they're dense. So it might take you just as long because of the type of writing style it is. A hundred percent. So like the Maybe Hobbit I'll listen to them. I don't think I 300 have. pages for the Hobbit in this edition. 
So let's find Mr. Tom Bombadil's section. I was going to say, go to Tom Bombadil's and you'll like, be good. This is all song. I recommend <laughs> the audio book. Can you sing honestly. us a song? No, you don't want <laughs> oh, that. Come on. If I had the book, I would have sang the song. I'm just saying. Well, it's okay. I can send you pictures of the book at some point in the future. And you can sing us a song. And this, this is, is my beautiful like, adult set of my Lord of the Rings series. I got it for my birthday last year to replace my books. Well, you did. Wasn't your wedding Lord of the Rings themed? Yes. I mean, it was fantasy themed, but Lord of the Rings was like the main theme. Yeah. we. I walked down the aisle to um, Evenstar and all my bridal party walked down to Concerning Hobbits. I told Paula, I was like, I used to be when, if I ever got married, I was going to walk into Concerning Hobbits. Mm -hmm. So everybody walked into Concerning Hobbits. And then when it got to me, it turned into Evenstar. And then we had, I have a giant sign that was our like welcome sign that says no admittance except on wedding business. Oh. And so we still have that hung in that house. Um, We had a lot of Lord of the Rings touches. We had. I don't even remember, but yeah, we had a Lord of the Rings themed like engagement uh, uh, photo shoot, like all of our engagement photos. I remember when you tried on your little like headpiece thing and you cried oh. in stories. I remember that like so vividly. <laughs> you would remember like, that. This part. Is so cute. Like, because Paula like, also probably cried when she like, saw it. Instant, it like instantly like, you know, like when you don't like fake something, right? You like, you can see the change. I might cry talking about this, like the change <laughs> in the person's face. Today, when I was watching the movie, I well, and I put put in my stories that every time Elijah would like smiles, it gave me like that feeling, like that almost nice. cry feeling. And I like you know, like you're smiling with him, but I was like, oh my god, I'm about to cry, like just looking at him, like his eyes, and like, and I was like, I get it now, I get it. He conveys sadness and like desperation and and just feeling tired and exhaustion so well that moment at the very end where he's standing in front of the lake with the ring in his hand Mm -hmm. and he's deciding you know pretty much coming to the conclusion of what he has to do leave everybody behind and move forward and you see those tears stream down his face oh forget about it (laughs) i stop I'm like, no, please. It makes me, it's just the way his face looks. Like, it's so beautiful. He's so beautiful in that moment. But it's so sad and heartbreaking at the same time. Like, he does such a good job at making the audience feel his emotions. Yeah. Listen, I'll defend Frodo with my life. I'll defend Elijah Wood with my life. Yeah. (laughs) Elijah Wood, Wood, if you're listening to this, your hand in marriage, sir. I know you're already married with like two kids, but and I am also married. <laughs> but it's okay. Okay. You and Jimmy have an arrangement. <laughs> Jimmy who? I, I I've been waiting for Elijah Wood for 20 plus years. So oh, when, you're we listening, at Con, when we were at LeakyCon and at the thing when they were showing the pictures, I saw the picture of him on the scooter with the cigarette. And I took oh. a picture and I sent it to you. And I was like, the, every time I see this picture, I think of Nicolette instantly like i like to think of it as my introduction to like fangirl fangirling because obviously that's not a concept i knew as a young kid but before there were there was tumblr and before there was you know like fan edits and stuff i used to go on google and search pictures of elijah wood 
you know, Google was fairly new too in like yeah. 2000, 2003. I would print them out on my color printer, cut them out with scissors and glue them into a notebook. So I had just a notebook filled so with pictures. pictures. It's yeah, giving, no. it's giving stalker. <laughs> it's giving, yep. It's giving, hey, Arnold Shrine. Like, yep. I, it was, you know what? He's lucky <laughs> that we don't, we don't cross paths <laughs> for his safety. <laughs> you just got put on like every convention's watch list. Like, I know. Like, Get that woman. Keep an eye out for this girl. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I would be respectful. I have met him and I was so respectful. So, Paula, what and if are you looking forward to seeing movie two? I am. I am. I, I, I want to know what happens, obviously. Um, and like I said, I, I didn't I wouldn't say I loved it. Maybe I I don't know. No, I don't want to say I love it yet. Um, I like, like that watch- you added the yet. Um, just because it, it does. I like feeling things. So. It made me feel things, you know, like emotion. And I like that. I like to watch a movie that makes me cry. I'll watch Beaches if I feel like crying. <laughs> I just, I just like crying. Might be Alec. <laughs> yeah. Bette Midler. The second yeah. movie so epic. I think you're going to love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so epic. Like the whole franchise obviously is amazing. It, it blends as one story. But if we're going to pick favorites out of the movies, the second and third movie were always my favorite. Fellowship was the one I watched the least. Because really? to me, even though a lot happened and it's the entryway, so you actually get like a half happy movie. Like half mm-hmm. of the movie is at least nice and happy. <laughs> teary. Are you saying the second movie is not happy? <laughs> not necessarily, it's, it's no. The, it's the middle of the series. It's not like it's depressing, but it's it's action. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no moments of calm, really, from here on out. Um, The second one is so epic, and the third one as well. So I think you'll love them, like edge of your seat kind of stuff. I watched the the battle today, like Gandalf and what's-his-face? The Balrog. Oh, Saruman? Yeah. And the breakdancing circle thing just had me... (laughs) I was like, why is this here? It's hilarious. Like, cause like when they first start fighting, I'm like, "Eto viejo, they're they're gonna like take each other out." Like they're you know they're like throwing, but then it's like this one scene, and he's just like literally like doing the break dancing spin. What is that? Yeah, it's kind of pathetic. If I'm honest, like <laughs> for a wizard's battle, but I've learned to look at it as camp now, almost. Yeah. All right. So why don't we? get ready to finish up here um we do want to thank dr phillips center for gifting us tickets to see the fellowship of the ring mm-hmm. and then the two towers will be there august 9th through 11th also check out the lineup for dr phillips they have a great lineup we saw what peter pan's coming sleeping beauty and about jagged Jagged Little Pill, Mrs. Doubtfire. They have a great season lined up for them. And then one of the things we've added, Nicolette, to our podcast episodes is, what are you currently reading? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I just finished Throne of Glass two days ago. um, And I am still emotionally recovering from that. 
because it just wrecked my life. My soul is like, I feel so empty. Like I finished that book and I couldn't believe I had to go to work the next day. But the so we're thirteen not- had I was done when the thirteen thing happened. I don't even know what that means, but maybe one day. It's there's just something about the conclusion of an epic journey. Yeah. That kind of makes you feel like where what are you supposed to do now? <laughs> and so Paul, you'll get that when we get to the return of the king. You'll okay. feel that way. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm in between. I'm gonna start Crescent City three probably tomorrow. So what about you, Paula? What are you in right now? I am currently reading A Court of Mist and Fury. And I got a Kindle now, so I'm a Kindle girly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been reading like short novellas like every day. What about you, Danny? I just finished a book called The Witch's Back from Sophie Morgan. Very cute. It was like witchy rom-com. Mm. I saw it on your Goodreads and I saved it because I was like, oh, this looks cute. It was very cute. I really enjoyed it. It only took a few days to read. The second one comes out in August, but it's not like a, a series series where it's like a continuation. It's one of those series where like book one is like this main character and then book two is like her best friend and their relationship. Oh, so it's like so it's just like one of the yeah. yeah. I don't know how to call them because I'm like, they are series, but like in my head, they're not like a continuation series it's just you don't have to read no you could read them as a standalone okay but so like the first book followed um emma and her relationship like her little rom-com story and in book one she has a best friend named leah and based on like the summary for book two that isn't out yet it's going to be leah's rom-com situation and then they have a third friend, so I think there's going to be a third book. But you don't have to read all of them to get the whole story. You could just read one to understand. But, like, the other characters will peek in throughout the other books. I love something that doesn't require intense commitment. The yeah. Stone of Glass was not like that. No. <laughs> no. I and I like it because then you're, like, reading another book and you're like, oh, hey, there's that character I really like. And they're just peeking in. You're like, oh, look, they're so happy. Good for them. I have a question for Nicolette. I saw you posted, and this has nothing to do with Lord of the Rings, the order that you read these books in. Yes. Is it is that like different than what most people are reading it? Or like is there like rules? Like <laughs> so you did they the are romance read, right? Like is it a is that what you said it? Was it like the romanticized or the it was the emotional yeah. read? People classify it two different ways. There's like the romantic way to read it that is supposed to give you the most emotional impact. And then there's the purest way, which is by publication order. But so here's the thing. There's a prequel novel that wasn't released first, technically, like bound. It was released as little novellas. But um, so people struggle with where to read the prequel. They say, should I read it first or should I read it somewhere in the middle? Personally, for me, I liked reading it in the middle after the third book. So I I know when I started reading the series, I was struggling with how do I read this? What order is going to suit me best? Um, so that's why I shared my experience, because I wanted to be helpful to people who hadn't. There's also one book in the series that isn't the uh, m- main character for the most part. Like, it's not her POV. 
So seven out of the eight books are her as the main character, but there's one book that's not her. And so people tandem read that one, which is where you read two books at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You go back and forth to kind of break up his POV. Because it's you know, the same but, timeline. Right. It's and happening so, at the exact same time as another book. So you can good. go back and forth. But I didn't do that because I really like that main character and I just wanted his story on his own. Yeah, and so. then Sarah J. Moss just said that she likes reading the prequel as the third. Yeah. And that was I read like a few weeks. fourth, and I think that was perfect. Because there's a lot of characters introduced in that one that you don't see prior to that, but then you see them right like after that. Yeah. So I think it's the best spot to have everything like right in your head. We'll but give yeah, you a chart when you to get to the throne of <laughs> well we'll give you a chart when you get there paula yeah um i was like because i read like i i saw your thing and then i was reading everything and i was like this seems so like complicated i got like very nervous i was like are there rules <laughs> i mean honestly with the whole universe of sarah j mass now there's kind of rules and i'm not gonna say anything but yeah <laughs> There just are some books you should read before others, I think, yes. personally. Um, I agree. I have personally now finished Crescent City 3. So, all right. Well, why don't you tell us where we can find you again? On the- I am on Instagram at Whimsically Nicolette. I also have a Letterboxd. Shout out to Letterboxd. Uh, that's just at Whimsically Nick. So, N I C. And. Yeah, those are my two social medias that I use most. I use Goodreads as well, but um, I don't. I don't remember my name. <laughs> no, I just want you to know that you, I, I screenshot you commented on something I put there yesterday. I screenshot it because I was going to send it to you because I was like, but I wrote, I agree, Nicolette. You'll never see this because you'll never get a notification that I actually put a comment under yours because you can't reply to anybody. And it makes me mad because I I really am liking Goodreads, but it's missing that the Goodreads connection. It's so hard to connection. It's it's even hard to just like add your friends on. Like it is a process. I can't share your profile on Goodreads. I agree. If you guys get Letterboxd, uh, you'll find that's so much easier to use yeah. for movies. We've been exploring. I, I um, downloaded it after you mentioned it, but I haven't done anything with it. Yeah, it's we've so been exploring easy. a story graph. Yeah, I've heard of that one. I don't like it. I I know. <laughs> I can't figure it out. So, so how do we thing. get? So we need to crowdfund to start our own. Then is what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Okay. We can do that. I don't like it, the story graph, because it it's not user-friendly. At least not in the app. Maybe I haven't tried it, like, on a website or whatever. But in yeah. the app, it's not user-friendly. Well, it was, like, explained to me that, like, if you were reading with friends, you can make comments as you're going. But I can't figure out how that works. Anyway. Oh, we should probably answer. <laughs> yes. All right, Paula, where can we find you? You can find me at Unconceivable. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Threads, Twitch. Goodreads. Huh? On our Kindle. On my Kindle. 
Uh, you can also find me at Creating Magic Podcast. Sometimes I'll reply to something thinking it's from my own account, but it's not. <laughs> um, and that's, that's usually me, not Danny. <laughs> And then you can find me at Creating Magic Podcast and on my personal Instagram at Mandrakes and Mischief. Until next time, keep creating.